it's the Creator Spaces show. Newsletters are one of the fastest growing media distribution and marketing solutions today. They provide a direct own line of communication with your audience. And with strategic planning, you can grow and keep engagement rates high with connections who are loyal to your brand. To start off, we'll look at a really interesting perspective on newsletter growth given by one of our guests, Jake Thomas. And this helped us shape the entire episode. If you wanted to run a newsletter, you could have like a lead magnet, you could run ads to it, or you can share it around, post it around. But if you're not going to grow from word of mouth, then you're eventually going to kind of run out. So it has to be good enough that people want to share it. Being good enough is achieved by focusing on two things, quality and consistency. There's this one great article by Scott Adams who writes about systems over goals. And so instead, I try to focus just to put in the reps. And that's what I've seen with the newsletter. The main learning for me was it just started changing once I committed to a regular cadence and started churning out one newsletter every week on the same day. Just commit to a cadence and do the work. Checking these two boxes of quality and consistency may not seem like much of a tactic, but it's most definitely a prerequisite. Ethan Brooks, a senior analyst at The Hustle, introduced us to a model known as the newsletter engine that perfectly outlines everything you need to know about growing and monetizing your newsletter. Basically, we developed this model. After interviewing dozens of people across some of the biggest companies, we distilled everything that we had learned and basically tried to figure out how does it all fit together. And what we ended up with is a model that we call a newsletter engine. And it basically operates on three levels. So you have the very foundation of everything, which is your product level. That is the newsletter that you write, the technology that stands behind it, and the community that you're building. If those things aren't in place and they aren't done, nothing else is going to help. It doesn't matter how you monetize. It doesn't matter how you grow. You can't grow your way out of a product problem. So product is the foundation of everything. And it ultimately makes everything else easier if you start with a really good product. So that's product at the bottom, monetization. And then at the very top, you have growth, which is how do you get more people? How do you grow these things? And I'm happy to go into detail there as well. But basically, we found that there are a few key levers that newsletters pull for growth. There's three of them, time, money, and audience. And the one that you pull has to do with which resource you have the most of. So if you're just starting out, you got no audience and you've got no real growth budget, then you're looking at time-based strategies, things like SEO or organic social media engagement, PR, podcast appearances, all those kinds of things can all be done for free, but they take time. Yeah. Money is a little bit more obvious. You're paying for traffic. And there's some nuances to how to do that. And then audience, that's the one everyone's shooting for, right? When your audience is actually spurring your growth by recommending you to other people, that's where real magic happens. One thing that people get wrong with free growth is they think that the goal is to share their message as broadly as possible, which is understandable, but that's not really what you're trying to do. When you're growing for free, what you're really trying to do is get other people to talk about you. That's the goal. It's not about who does the most work. It's not even, unfortunately, about who does the best work. Very often, it's about who is talked about the most. And so that is what you're trying to do when you're growing for free. And this is very visible. When you look at the growth trajectory of newsletters, you see see it the day you get mentioned somewhere, especially early on, because your subscriber count, instead of growing by like one or 20 a day, all of a sudden you'll just have this huge jump. Yeah, it's definitely about outreach to people who are interesting and well-connected, but it's also got to be organic too, because the more visibility they have, the more likely they are to be very difficult to reach. Jake Thomas set quite the example by using outreach to cross the first and most challenging hurdle of getting your first hundred subscribers. 
but I really, really hustled to get kind of like my first 100 subscribers. One thing is I reached out to a bunch of YouTube creators. I said, hey, you know, here's this new newsletter and here's how it would work for you. So I would just kind of DM them or email them like three different ideas. So they'd be like, oh wow, like these ideas work. Yeah, please sign me up for the newsletter. <laughs> so then one chick, she did teach, you know, how to grow on YouTube. And like the first day it launched, she included me in a video. So that got like my first 30 or so. And the idea kind of came from my first million podcast. And I tweeted, I was like, hey, you know, I've been listening to my first million. This is the idea I came up with. Thanks for the inspiration, guys. And then Sam retweeted it. And that got me like another 50 subscribers. So that's how I got my first 100 subscribers. And then, you know, since then, I've taken my foot off the gas a little bit as far as promotion and just really try to make it the best thing possible. And, you know, because of that, because it has been pretty good, people are sharing it. Now let's get back to the final level of the newsletter engine model, monetization. So once you have a strong product and you've proven that people want it, you'll basically reach a point where you can monetize. Now there are three different ways to monetize a newsletter. You have free subscriptions, which make money through ads. You have low cost subscriptions and you have high cost subscriptions. And the idea is that you eventually build all three. So your free subscription becomes your largest list and it helps to sell your low cost subscription. And then your low cost subscription helps to sell your high cost subscription. And when you know how those pieces work together there's no limit to the number of newsletters you can build within that model so you can have an example like james altucher who's got one free newsletter and somewhere between two and four low-cost subscriptions and two and four high-cost subscriptions but you can basically pull those levers however you like to continue growing your revenue once you know how they work while newsletters do increase your brand awareness and convert people into paying subscribers it's important to measure success so that you know where to improve Consider the following metrics and testing strategies. Um, yeah, with both the blog and the newsletter, it's really email subscribers. It's kind of two reasons, especially for the newsletter. One, I'm not doing that much marketing. So I know that if it's growing, it's through word of mouth. And I know that if people are sharing it through word of mouth, then it's doing its job. It's actually helping people. And then two, with a bigger audience, kind of everything is easier. If I want to validate a product, it's going to be easier with 10,000, 20,000 subscribers than it is with 1,000 or 2,000 subscribers. And like same with any other monetization, with bigger distribution, it's just going to be easier. Well, I think that um, the amount of subscriptions which are growing and the amount of unsubscribes which I get. So I've plugged that into a Slack alert. So I get a alert every time somebody subscribes and I can see what company they're from and where they are. And I also have a knock-knock alert of when somebody unsubscribes and the unsubscribes kill me every time. <laughs> But thankfully, I, I have enough new subscribes which is keeping that going. And obviously, the statistics of mine are all completely anonymized now, so I don't bit and I don't don't know what stories individual people click on, I still know overall open rates, I still know overall click rates. And so I can actually sit there and work out, okay, what stories are people finding interesting, but also what's the open rate of the newsletter? And if that is doing well and doing above the industry average, then that's the success that I'm looking for. Knowing that you're on the right path gives you the motivation you need to keep going, even when you hit roadblocks. 
The metrics are good indicators, but nothing beats the feeling of getting one-on-one -on -one feedback from your supporters. The wake-up call, I think, to me was going to podcast movement in 2018, which was in Philadelphia, realizing, frankly, that I'm the other side of the world. I've not talked to people face-to-face. -face. I had a good number of thousand people getting my newsletter, but I wasn't that sure how many people were aware of it. And I invested in a branded shirt, and just the amount of people who would stop me in the corridor and say, oh, pod news, I read that every single day, was a real wake up for something that I didn't realize was as well read as it is. Another newsletter growth tactic that two of our guests touched on is using lead magnets. And they gave two very contrasting views about it. First up is Kevin O'Rourke. One piece of feedback that I was given that it didn't work for me, that you'll probably hear if you're trying to get into the newsletter advertising game, is that lead magnets are the way to go. Meaning, don't promote your newsletter directly. Promote like a free ebook that relates to the newsletter, and that'll be a better way to get subscribers. And I have found that it does get you very cheap subscribers. They're literally just there for the free thing, and then they don't keep opening up and reading your newsletter. So my general feedback is don't use lead magnets, just promote the newsletter directly or try both and see what works better. But for me, promoting the newsletter had people who were willing to stick around and knew that, oh, I'm going to get stuff weekly. And next we have the TikTok maestro, Alex Mountain. I've heard this complaint that it's difficult to convert those people to either buyers or subscribers outside of the platform. Have you found that to be the case? Not really, actually. On a good week, I can get about 100 subscribers to my email list if I plug my Substack landing page. But I also have a lead magnet. And when things are good, I can get 100 people a day into my lead magnet, which is hosted on Mighty Networks. And I think if you reduce the friction between TikTok or Instagram and make everything mobile friendly, but I haven't found it difficult to convert, actually. By the looks of things, sometimes lead magnets work, sometimes they don't. So it's really up to you and your willingness to experiment with it. As a bonus section, we're gonna wrap up the episode by highlighting a tool called rasa.io. That's definitely worth checking out. Are you familiar with the app marketplace, AppSumo? I've not explored it much. I'm familiar with it. So they sell lifetime SaaS deals. The reason I bring it up is because right now I saw they have this tool, rasa.io, R-A-S-A.io, and it claims to do an entirely personalized and automated newsletter that curates content from content streams for you and then just sends it out personalized to your readership every week. I'm wondering, because I have not used newsletters in a lot of my work because they are so time consuming to make if you want to make a good one. And when I saw a tool like this, I thought to myself, man, if I could have all my curation handled, that would save me a lot of time. 